0: Welcome to Puritan's Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 38 up, The Christian's Daily Walk by Henry Scudder. Sixly, an upright man may know he is upright by the effects that follow upon his well-doing. One, his chief inquiry is... And he does observe what good comes by it and what glory God has had or may have rather than what earthly credit and benefit he has gotten to himself. Philippians 1, 12 through 20. Or if this latter thrust in itself before the other, as it will oft times in the best, he is greatly displeased with himself for it. The hypocrite, not so. All that he inquires after and is pleased with after he has done a good deed is what applause it has amongst men, etc. Two, when an upright man has done a praiseworthy action, he is not puffed up with pride and high conceit of his own worth, glorying in himself, but he is humbly thankful unto God. Thankful that God has enabled him to do anything with which he will be well-pleased and accept as well done. Humble and low in his own eyes because of the manifold failings in that good work and because he has done it no better. And because whatsoever good he did, it was by the grace and power of God, not by any power of his own. Thus, David showed his uprightness in that solemn thanksgiving when he said, But who am I, and what is my people, that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort, etc. First Chronicles 29, 13 and 14. But it is otherwise with the hypocrite, for either he ascribes all the glory of his good work to himself, or, if he seemed to be thankful, it is with a proud thankfulness, like that of the Pharisee, Luke 18.11, accompanied with disdain of others who, in his opinion, do not so well as himself. Three, the upright man, having begun to do well, does not set down his rest there, but strives to do more and to be better. He, with the apostle, forgets what is behind, looking to that which is before, not thinking that yet he has attained to what he should do, Philippians three thirteen through 15 So many as are indeed perfect and upright do thus. But the hypocrite, if he have some flash of common illumination and some little taste of those things which concern the kingdom of heaven and has attained to a form of godliness, thinks that he has enough and needs nothing. So did Laodicea, Revelation three seventeen. Seventhly, the upright man and the hypocrite are distinguished by their different affections and carriages. After that, they have fallen into a sin. For in many things we sin all, James 3, 2. As the upright man did not commit his sin with that full consent of will, which the hypocrite may do and often does, but always with some reluctance and opposition of will, though not always felt and observed, insomuch that he can say it was not he, but sin that dwelt in him, Romans seven, fifteen through seventeen. So after he has fallen into sin, when his sin is made known to him, he does not hide, excuse, or defend his sin. Job 31:33. Or if he do, it is but seldom in comparison, and but faintly, and not long, his conscience smiting him when he does. Or quickly after it, Job 40, 3-4, 42, 3-6. An upright man will not be much or long angry with any who admonish him of his sin. Yea, though an enemy, by malicious railing, call his sin to remembrance, as Shimei did to David. 2 Samuel sixteen ten through 12 Even therein he can see God and can, for the most part, abstain from revenge and will stir up his heart to godly sorrow for his sin. But if any, like Abigail, 1 Samuel 25, 32 and 33, shall, in wisdom and love, admonish him. He blesses God that sent him or her. He blesses and makes good use of the admonition, and blesses the admonisher, and takes it for a special kindness. Thus David, a man according to God's own heart, as he displayed human frailties in his many and great falls. So he gave clear proof of his uprightness sooner or later by his behavior after his falls. He could say, and his repentance did prove it, that Though, to his grief and shame, sometimes he departed from God, yet he did not wickedly depart from God. psalm eighteen twenty one Though upright men be transgressors, yet they are not wicked transgressors psalm fifty nine five There is a great difference between these two. And though there be evil in their actions, yea, in some of them filthiness and grievous iniquity, yet in their filthiness is not lewdness, Ezekiel 24, 13. As God complains of Judah, that is, they are not obstinate and rebellious, standing out against the means of purging and reclaiming them. For when God does correct them, by his word or providence, they are willing to reform whatever is discovered to be amiss. Job 52, six. Moreover, although the upright man may be often drawn into a way that is not good, and often through his weakness and heedlessness falls into a state that is not good, yet he does not set himself in a way which is not good. Psalm 36, 2 through 4. Nor yet, like the swine, delight to wallow and lie in it. When an upright man has fallen and has recovered out of his spiritual swoon, when he has come to himself, he is like a man, sensible of his bones broken or out of joint. He is not well nor quiet, nor his own man, until he has confessed his sin, repented of it, asked pardon and grace, and renewed his peace with God. An upright man is likewise like the needle of the mariner's compass, which may, by violent motion, sometimes swerve to the west or to the east, but stands steady, no way, but towards the north, And if it be truly touched with a lodestone, has no rest but in that one point. So an upright man may, through boisterous temptations and strong allurements, oftentimes look towards the pleasure, gain, and glory of this present world. But because he is truly touched with the sanctifying spirit of God, he still inclines towards God and has no rest until his mind is steadily fixed on Christ and heaven. But it is not so with the hypocrite. He is in each particular directly contrary. I leave the full and particular application thereof to yourself. Eighthly, you will find the most evident mark of uprightness from your sense of hypocrisy in yourself and from your conflict with it, Galatians 5, 17. The upright man is sensible of too much hypocrisy and guile in his heart, Psalm fifty one ten. 10. Yea, so much that oftentimes he makes it a question whether he have any uprightness. And until he has brought himself to due trial by the balance of the sanctuary, the word and gospel of Christ, he fears he is still a hypocrite. But there is nothing which he would oppose more, nothing which he complains of or prays to God more against than this hypocrisy nor is there anything he longs after labors and prays for more than that he may love and serve the lord in sincerity 1 corinthians 9:26 and 27 all this plainly shows that this man would be upright which hearty desire so to be is uprightness itself the hypocrite Contrariwise, neglects to observe his guile and false-heartedness in religion, or, if he can see it, he is not much troubled at it, but suffers it to reign in him. And as he boasts of his good actions, so likewise of his good heart and good meaning in all that he does, except when his lewdness and hypocrisy are discovered to his face, flattering himself in his own eyes, till his iniquity is found to be hateful. Psalm 36, 2. Before I leave this, I will answer a question or two concerning judging of uprightness by these marks. Number one, whether an upright man can at all times discern his uprightness, by these or any other marks? Ordinarily, if he will impartially compare himself with these evidences, he may. But sometimes it so happens that he cannot. Namely, in the case of spiritual desertions, when God, for his neglect of keeping his peace with him, is hidden from him for a time and when in his displeasure he looks angrily and writes bitter things against him likewise when he is in some violent and prevalent temptation and thereby cast into a kind of spiritual swoon and in such like cases but a man must not judge himself to be dead because when he is asleep or in a swoon, he has no feeling or sense of life. 2. Whether it is necessary that a man should find all these marks of uprightness in him, if he be upright? No. Although, if he were in a condition to judge and try himself thoroughly, he might find them all in him. Yet, if he find Most, or but some of these, he should comfort himself with those until he find the rest. Take heed, therefore, that you do not do as many who, when they hear and see many signs given of this or any other needful grace, if they cannot approve themselves by all, will make a question whether they have the grace or no. One may give you 20 signs of natural life as seeing, hearing, talking, breathing, etc. What, though you cannot prove yourself by all, yet if you know you feel or breathe or move, you know you are alive by any one of them. This concludes episode 38 of Henry Scudder's The Christian's Daily Walk.